Welcome to the Fit Chicks Chat Podcast, where we talk all things fitness, nutrition, and wellness for women to help you live your healthiest and fiercest life inside and out. And now, your hosts, Laura Jackson and Amanda Quinn. Okay, everybody. So welcome to today's episode of Fit Chicks Chat. You just heard that amazing introduction for our awesome special guest today. Amanda is not with me, but we have Dr. Natalie Beauchamp with us. Hello, Natalie. Hi, how are you, Laura? (laughs) I'm good, and I'm so excited to have you back. (laughs) Excited to be here. You and I always chat for for a while before we start recording because we have so much in common, so many projects going on to try to get people to be their best versions, right? I know, and I always, that's why I always love having you on, but even now we're starting this and we've already been online for 40 minutes chatting, which (laughs) is so great though, because, you know, especially in in this world where we're a lot of times in the online space, um, I don't get to see or connect with a lot of practitioners anymore. And it's just so nice to have like a chat about life and business and health and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, But then I always think, Gosh, I wish I was recording all of that. <laughs> okay, so we're going to dive right into it. So um, we are going to be chatting about today, which I always love these episodes. We're going to be doing a spring shape up. So we're going to be talking about your top health hacks, essentially, for weight loss this spring. I know we had you on before. You have an amazing book called What the Hack, and we'll put all the information for that on our website along with this as well. Um, but your hacks were just awesome. The last time you were on, we had such a great response. And I'd love to kind of dive in now for all of us who are like, it's been winter time. It's been so crappy in Canada and cold this winter. And now a lot of people are like realizing their pants are too tight. (laughs) And also just that, you know, they're looking to make that health shift now and feeling a little bit more motivated. So we want to give them some more juice to, to make that happen. Sounds good. So I, excuse me, came up with five hacks. Sorry about that. Oh, hello. Um, <laughs> I don't know what happened here. No right. words. So first, uh, well, five types of hacks that I think can apply to many things, but let's do the focus around uh, spring, spring shape, shape up and, and weight loss. So the first one is going to be to have a big enough why. So I know you mentioned, you know, tight pants and, and all of that stuff, but I find that it's often not enough because we can justify, oh, it's just a little bit or whatever, what have you. So I find that the people that succeed usually, you know, to shape up for spring, first of all, they have to have the awareness that some Something needs to be done because we can be wishy-washy saying well you know I, I should I should or you know I could uh, but committing to something uh, that is really tangible I think is is important so what is the why and I'm sure you've seen that too Laura people that are uh, well I know you're getting married soon so let's say uh, I think that would be a good enough uh, and a strong enough why for you to say okay I'm gonna look my best at my wedding some time for people it's um you know and not to think that 
we want to just be vain about uh, our, our weight, uh, but having a big enough why is important. And sometimes that big enough why can be, uh, you know, depending on the age of the person, is to be able to keep up with their kids or their grandkids. Sometimes it's, you know, going to the doctor and getting your blood report and, you know, that your numbers are not where they're supposed to be. Sometimes it's, you know, just all kinds of different things. But we have to have a big enough why. And I had this discussion yesterday, actually, in my practice with one of my patients. I hadn't seen her in six to nine months. She was um, a teacher, but now got a position as a school director. Um, so busy with work. I hadn't seen her. And she said exactly her own words. She says, I put everything else first but me. And now I have to figure out why I do this and to focus on myself. And that's what I told her. I said, Julie, I hate to say, but I don't think your why is big enough. Why you want to be, you know, fitter and lose the weight that you want. So I, I send her uh, home with the homework of um, rereading the book of Simon, Simon Sinek, um, The Why. Because, oh, I love that book. Yeah, I know. She had read it, but in a work context. So I said, why don't you just sit back with that book and just read it in a, in a you context? And what is your why? Why are you struggling to make the time for you um, and, you know, making sure that that you are achieving that healthy weight, that you are doing the things that you want to do. So I think finding your why. So I guess the hack for this would be, if you haven't read that book, go and get it. I know he also has tons of uh, YouTube or TED Talks on around the topic. So the hack would be go and, 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 and do it. And if like the patient I was describing, you did it in a work context, uh, now it's time to do, to do it with you in mind. Well, and this is what I love that you've started with that one because on this podcast and in at FitChix and FitChix Academy as well, we're, we believe like the same as you. And I know you, I've talked about a lot about this offline, but essentially it's like weight loss is a byproduct of your body being balanced. Right. And a lot of people still want this magic food or magic pill or magic motivation, but they don't realize that it all really starts. Like you said, you've got to find what the root, you know, what is that thing that's going to drive you forward on the days you don't want to do it. Um, so I, I totally, I totally love that we've started there because I believe even for me, you mentioned that I was getting married and it's funny because I've done fitness competitions before, like you have. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was probably the most disciplined I've ever been. Mm -hmm. and my why during that time was because that was a goal that I'd set for myself. However, with this getting married, it's funny. I keep saying to myself, okay, you know what? No, I'm going to be, I'm getting married in Mexico. And I'm like, I'm going to be really, you know, I already eat pretty clean. I kind of follow the 80, 20, you know, I sell wine and chocolate and things like that. Um, and I always exercise five days a week, but I just, I keep saying, Oh, I'm just going to tighten it up. And then it's like every week or two weeks, it seems as if I'm like, yeah, you know, well, I'm just, I don't want to get obsessive about this. So I'm going into Mexico now being like, Oh my gosh, I wish I just had a little wiggle room, <laughs> but whatever. It's all good. It's all good. Yeah, it's, it's all good. And, and I guess one, one thing that I, I do like to say, and I, I test it with myself all the time is what we measure 
gets done. And it's so true. It's so true. It's so true. It's so true. So, uh, yeah. So sometimes as much as I don't like to be stuck on a, on a weight or a number and I don't want to become obsessive, but what we track, uh, gets done. I just did a, um, completely new, uh, circuit workout for myself a couple weeks ago and I'm writing it down and I've got a timer and I just put the timer on and every you know kind of a Tabata format kind of thing and man you know two weeks into the program I'm 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 seeing difference and I'm thinking wow why don't I do that more often just to to track things uh, because just like you we've been in the fitness industry for so long we can whip workouts pretty easily right but what you measure gets done and it's just you know, so there's something that has to be said about that. Well, and that's something I know, um, this is not one of your hats, but I'd love to stay on that for just a second though. Cause it's such an important thing. Cause I think we talk about this a lot with our students. I think that there's still this kind of like battle of the world that people feel like the only measurement can be the scale. Mm-hmm. And it's like a lot of people, of course, have a really negative relationship with the scale and I mean, I'm not a big believer in the scale because it's not accurate on fat loss. It's, you know, it's accurate on how much blood you have and um, bone density and, you know, water weight and fat and all the other things, right? It's not just about fat loss, which is what we want to focus on. But um, I think that people need to get into the mindset of there's different measurables. Like you said, you could do a measurable, like your workout, like your, you know, increase or decreasing your time to do your circuits or increasing your sets or your, or your strengths. Or it could be, you know, maybe you're doing measurements. Like I have a client who she cannot, she's very, has had a long history of eating disorders and for her she's, but she's dealing with quite, she's carrying quite a lot of extra weight that she wants to get rid of for health reasons. And um, for her, her measurable is just, is just her pants, not her pants that she fit into in 1972, her pants that she currently wears. And then as she's starting to feel that like, you know, that they are getting looser instead of like having this aspiration for this one measurement. So there's like a lot of different measurements, but I do totally agree with you. And I think that it's so, it's so easy to use the, I shouldn't say excuse, but the idea that it become that it's can be obsessive, but in all reality, if you don't have something to measure against, how are you ever going to know that you're progressing? Mm-hmm. Oh, completely, completely. So the next hack that I would suggest is um, setting up uh, a personal prime time in the morning. So uh, that's what I called it in my book. So personal prime time is setting up time in the morning, dedicated time that you're going to work on, you know, the three aspects from a physical, uh, nutritional and uh, mindset kind of thing. And it can, it can fluctuate. So I think it, we're not re, um, reasonable to think that we're going to do an hour every day and it's going to be, you know, exactly the same thing and so forth. So I know throughout the years I've developed a lot more fluidity with my personal prime time. But that being said, I still take the time to do it. And some mornings it may be 15 minutes, it may be 20 minutes. Some mornings I have more time, but I always try to incorporate those three components. So, you know, for instance, if you only have 20 minutes, it could be 10 minutes of Tabata workout. It could be five minutes of deep breathing and and meditation and making a healthy smoothie, uh, getting set for the morning and taking your vitamins. So you know that you've taken the time 
to prepare yourself for the day. And if you have more time, you can do a little bit more. It could be reading. It could be a multitude of different things. So I make it a point uh, to set that time. And I don't know about you, Laura, but if I don't, the day that I don't, I'm all over the, 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 the map. <laughs> I feel like I'm not focused. I'm, I'm just like, I'm just not in my zone. So, oh my gosh, yeah, yes. Like, but the one thing I'd like to ask you too from, and also from, you know, a doctor's perspective, what do you think that there is a difference between doing it in the morning versus doing it in later in the day? Well, it's, it's funny that you, you say that. And I just read a book, uh, and I can't for the life of me remember the name right now, but a really good book, too, that was talking about um, our rhythms throughout the day. Um, and he had some really good statistic that the bulk of people do really good at doing that in the morning. There's always the exception that some people have um, more of, um, of, of a body clock or, uh, or circadian rhythm that allows them or, you know, they're just better at night. So I think there's always the exception, but what it does, it, I'll give you the example. If, if you're a, a volleyball or basketball coach, would you go and do your huddle to prepare for the game after the game? No. Oh, I like that. Yeah. So, I mean, you're going to do a huddle at the end to say, okay, here's where we, you know, we could have done better. Here's what it is. So to me, uh, it's kind of like a huddle to prepare my day and know what the heck I'm going to be eating and, 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 you know, planning. So, I mean, even if it's just 15 or 20 minutes, so that personal prime time to me is, is part of that. So again, not to say that some people are just, I have a, a friend of mine that she's just a, a, a night, actually many friends of mine seem to be night owls. <laughs> the communication is like, I email them at five o'clock in the morning and they're emailing me at, you know, 12 and I'm just, you know, sound asleep for many hours. So I think there is, you know, a little bit of individuality, but to me, the personal prime time is, is a lot about preparing for your day and making sure that you're centering yourself, you know what you're going to do as opposed to winging, you know, your, your physical, your mental and um, your, your, your workouts and your food as well. Well, and I also find, and I, um, I've read a lot of books on it too, just about, you know, the idea of motivation and willpower. It's a muscle, right? Like it doesn't, you don't just naturally have it. People will always say to me, Oh, you're so motivated. And I'm like, no, you've got to work it. And for me, I know my motivation muscle is strongest in the morning or my, like, that's when I have the most, um, like as the hours go by, I'm less likely to do my workouts or make good choices if I haven't, like you said, set yourself up for success. So, yeah. I mean, even last night, I literally, my day was, you know, I'm leading up to the wedding. It's getting crazy. I'm, we're also in the launch for our fitness and nutrition expert program and it's great stuff, but it's like, next thing you know, I went for a run last night at eight o'clock at night. Mm -hmm. So I went for this run, you know, I'm gone. I did about seven K and then I'm like, I'm come back and I'm wired and now I didn't go to bed till later on. And it's just like, Oh my gosh, I felt like now today I feel all, all over the place. So yeah. I totally, um, I totally get that. And, I, and I'm working. That's one thing. Next time I talk to you, that's going to be my promise to you. I'm going to try to be more getting up earlier. Cause I, I tend to go on the night outside too. Cause I don't have kids. So yeah. Yeah, and the good thing with uh, getting up early is that, you know, I feel like it's my time that the world is not up yet. Yeah. So I can, you know, I used to do my workouts first thing in the morning, and now, you know, I've been 
to write a, a book and I, I have a lot more writing to do now. That's, you know, I do my meditation first uh, just to center myself. Then I'll get on, you know, the computer to write and I'm just so much more creative. And then I'll go do my workout. So my hour of power in the morning or my personal prime time, like I said, can really vary in length. And even if it's a bit truncated, I still feel that I'm using my body's ability and its peak time at a at a best, um, you know, that it probably can be. Well, and also I find that when it comes to, mm-hmm. and I know we're talking about like weight loss and, or I like to say fat loss because it's not weight loss yeah. is not a yes. good <laughs> explanation of it, but. Um, we're talking about fat loss, but I do think the one, the main thing that I always take away from, from that, from the idea of the personal prime time, it's in the habits. You've got to create the habits. And once you create them, they become easier. Cause a lot of people think even hearing that they're like, well, you know, I've got two little kids and I've got to get them to school and I've got this and this and this, but it's like setting up these habits. So you've got that structure and it makes it easier to make better choices and feel more in control of your life as opposed to your life controlling you. And like I said, I'm not talking about, you know, I mean, I like to get up really early because I'm just, I'm just, you know, I don't have an issue and I go to bed early, but, you know, for sure people have their own, you know, schedule with their kids, but it can be just that 20 minutes that you're like, okay, I'm planning my day, I'm, I'm centering, I'm focusing, I'm, yeah. I'm prepping the pump, the pump kind of thing. So I think that's really important. And we, we do make better choices. So from a fat loss point of view, if you're winging it all day and you forgot to plan, well, you're going to maybe reach for something that's really not in line with what you're trying to achieve. So like I said, you're just setting yourself up for, for success, taking that personal prime time. Exactly. I love it. Okay. So that's two. Yeah, Number three. So Third one will be, you know, controlling our stress. And, um, you know, to me, sleep and adrenals uh, or adrenal function is, is, is key here. So on the flip side, you have the people that get up super early and, you know, go, 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 but they went to bed at midnight, so they're getting five hours of sleep. Mm-hmm. This is not what we're talking about to just get, get up earlier just to get more done and you're, you're, you're taxing your, your sleep. So it's so crucial. And again, you've been on my What the Hack podcast uh, as a guest and, you know, we default back to staying hydrated, sleeping and, and, and eating, just the basic stuff. But our bodies need to recharge just like when we're plugging in our cell phone at night the body needs to to rest so making sure that i think uh we get to bed early and that's what i hear across the border from patients that they get in the habit of sitting you know in front of the tv with their spouse or or whatever and then they just get numb on whatever tv show they're 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 listening and then they look at the clock say oh man it's it's already you know past my bed time so just making it a point to getting up uh, sorry going to bed at a decent time and why because if we're not getting enough sleep your growth hormone your cortisol 
uh, you know, is going to peak at the wrong time or or not uh, do what it's supposed to do. And from a weight loss point of view, we know that if the adrenals are tapped out uh, and your cortisol is spiking, you know, in the middle of the night, you might even get hungry and want to go and and eat some food to to replenish your, your glucose in your blood. So not resting enough and having your adrenals on overdrive will be uh, detrimental. There's no other words to, 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 to make the point here to you losing weight. So that's so key. Uh, you know. I wanted to ask you, um, I've heard this and I've heard conflicting things on this. I just like your opinion. So in terms of sleep, if you are not getting enough, so let's say during the week, maybe Monday, Tuesday night, like things go crazy, you end up getting four hours of sleep. Yeah. Do you, like, in terms of making up for it other days during the week, like having a 12-hour sleep on the weekend, like, is it about what you do each night, or can you actually, like, make up for some your sleep debt? <laughs> I would say the answer is probably yes and no. So I think you can probably bank a little bit, uh, meaning that if there's a couple days in a row you don't sleep, it's not going to affect you tremendously. But if it becomes a chronic kind of thing, or, you know, I have a lot of patients that are in premenopause, so they're waking up at night because their adrenals are, you know, A-wire or their, you know, sex hormones and, and all of that stuff. So I think you can make up for it a little bit, but not to the extent of saying, well, I'm going to sleep four extra hours on Saturday and Sunday and I'll balance it out. I don't think it's an exact science like that uh, whatsoever. No, because I, I just have heard conflicting things about it and I always find it interesting because I sometimes am like that, full transparency, is that like there'll be sometimes during the week where it's like I'm just, my, my mind is spinning. Sometimes I'll take GABA um, mm-hmm. to sleep or um, I try not to take melatonin, but um, you know, I do, or just trying to like do some deep breathing, calm the mind, things like that. But sometimes then when it comes to the week, when I do actually let myself relax, it's like I can go into a coma for like 12 hours. Well, then I would, I would just say, let your body, we have to listen to our bodies, right? Yeah. So if your body, you say, okay, tomorrow I can sleep in, I'm just not going to put my alarm on and I'll wake up when I wake, I'll wake up, then you're letting your body dictate how much sleep it needs. And, but like I said, the, the, the challenge is that that busy go, go, go. Um, it's almost like a badge of honor to be busy and cutting on sleep. This is where it goes wrong. Oh yeah. And believe me, I am not like that. I'm the first person who's like, you need yeah. your rest. And if my, if I can sleep for 12 hours a day, I would every single day. I, like I literally love my sleep. Yeah. And I also, but you feel it in your body because you yeah. feel, you know, you're, you're hungrier, you're snackier when you're, when you're yeah. not sleeping, yeah. you feel more bloated, you're irritable. Yeah. Like it's, you don't want to work out. There's all the things that go along with it that just. Yeah. And one thing that I always say about everything in health is that there's no one size fits all. Yeah. And I know some people are okay with six or seven hours of sleep. And I know some people that need their 10 to 12 hours. So, I mean, again, you, you get to know your body. I always say to people, you know, how old are you? And they say, well, 45. Well, you've been living with yourself for 45 years. So don't you think you know, you know yourself better than any other books or any other thing, especially if people are in tune with their bodies, right? Well, and that's something that, that's why I like you started, excuse me, with the, with finding your why. Cause I think a lot of times we're still so looking for that outside solution and validation, you know, even like I said, the being, when it comes to weight loss, 
looking for this magic pill or, you know, food trick or the keto diet or whatever it is that's hot right now. That's the key. And it's like, wait, take a step back and first find, you know, what motivates you to even do this and then start to set up a program that works for you, not for everybody else. Yeah, And that's giving me the perfect segue to the fourth one is, you know, as a hack is eating for energy. And again, there's no one size fits all. Do I agree with the ketogenic diet? Yes, for certain people, it's great, you know, but there's also the modified ketogenic diet there's people that decide to be vegan you know so there's no one size fits all but at the end of the day you need to eat for energy and how you're feeling so for people you know they do really well myself included with some intermittent fasting me too me too so again will i suggest that to someone that you know has never done it before to go 24 hours without eating like even i like like you, uh, uh, like you, you mentioned, we both have a background in natural um, bodybuilding stuff. And you know, if you would have told me 20 years ago, Natalie, you're not going to eat for three days, I would have said, "Are you out of your freaking mind?" There's oh no- yeah, you'd be like, "Where's my six meals well, a day?" <laughs> but now we know that you know, feeding our bodies so often, we're just not tapping into our fat reserve, we're creating more inflammation, because the body never gets time to heal and so forth. So we know more, but to at the end of the day, you know, different strategies for different people. So I always say to people, like, if you eat in the morning, and how do you feel? Like, how do you feel two hours later? You shouldn't be crashing. If you're crashing, look back at what you ate, look back at when you ate, and then assess. And I mean, as much as I I like to do some some intermittent fasting, uh, quite often during my week, uh, my I sometimes say to myself, you know what, today's not a fasting day. And I listen to my body and I've got the biggest smoothie with all sorts of goodies because I feel that my body needs that at that point. So, you know, eating for energy and really listening to your body and not being so stuck on one size fits all and one way to do it and one way, you know, all the time. There's such a thing as diet cycling because we are – you know, basically, back in the days, it was feast and famine. We didn't have food all the time. So we need to cycle our own diet because, you know, they didn't have a, a fridge full of food like we do now. So I think it's important to see food as energy and then tuning into our bodies to figure out what it's telling us. Well, and I totally agree with that. And I also think, too, it's it's the whole thing of, you know, we have to realize what is really nutrition science and what is just marketing or, you know, or what's popular, what's the popular fad right now. You know, I I talked about this actually with some of my students the other day because even the word, you know, breakfast, there's still this idea that breakfast is the most important meal of the day. And that was a marketing slogan that started by Kellogg's. Yeah. It wasn't even, so I always say, you know, breakfast is actually breaking the fast. Yes. And you, and the, the fast can be at lunch or the fast. Exactly. Like my breaking the fast is I, I'm not, um, I don't do the full 24 days, but I try to do more of just a, like a pretty light fast, but I stop eating around seven. And then I try not to eat again till about one o'clock. That's what I find works for me. I work out best on an empty stomach. Um, and that's just for my body over time, what I know works best. Mm-hmm. But then I'll have people be like, what? You work out on an empty stomach? Oh my God. And, and 
it becomes this whole conversation. But the other thing I have lately that has been really bothering me, and I don't want to get on a tangent about it, yeah. but it's, it's the whole idea of these diets becoming like religion. Yeah. It's like people will literally fight to the death to try to mm -hmm. argue that keto is for everybody or that veganism is for everybody or, you know, and being a holistic nutritionist and for you being a functional medicine practitioner, like we have seen so many different types of people who mm -hmm. even like, for example, I've had clients before that broccoli has been like a poison to them because they have, because of the oxalic acid, they can't break it down. They're dealing with kidney stones, all these things. Whereas somebody else, broccoli is one of their key fibrous cruciferous vegetables, helps with liver detox. You know what I mean? So it's like yeah, this. Yeah. 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 It's this whole thing. And it makes me insane when I've had people literally like telling me that, everyone should be on keto. And I'm like, no, they shouldn't. Yeah. And even from a personal point of view, I have one of my, my team member at the clinic, they made a choice as a family to go vegan. Well, guess mm -hmm. what? I'm going to support her choice. Like there's no tomorrow. Could I do it? No. Do I eat meat like crazy? No, but it becomes a personal choice. And I think uh, it's funny that you're going down that road because I just had a discussion with another doctor and it, there's this big thing right now about ev evidence-based practice and so forth. But to me, it should be patient-centered. Mm -hmm. So patient-centered means the patient's preference for his or her care in this sense, uh, you know, nutrition. And then the clinician or the nutritionist experience of what the patient is trying to accomplish and their specific need and then the research. So we're looking at a, at a you know, one third, one third, one third kind of approach as opposed to be completely just research focused or, you know what I mean? So yeah. I think we need to, you know, focus on those three component. And if we are doing this as a doctor, uh, a holistic nutritionist, or, uh, you know, even a personal trainer, then we're going to serve the patient better. It's going to be customized to the person. And we're still, you know, obviously doing what works from a physiological point of view. I mean, we're not going to rewrite the physiology a physiology book but combining those things and that's why our patients are or clients are coming to us because they want to have our expertise they want our brain they say okay here's me here's what I want here's what I want to accomplish with your clinical knowledge and experience what's best for me we're giving them shortcuts or guiding them or coaching them because it's not, <laughs> never a straight line let's face it yeah <laughs> you know what I mean but at least that's why they're coming to us for for guidance and we have the clinical expertise and the, the the brain and the knowledge to help them figure out the best solution for them right now at their that point in their life with what they want to do yeah and it's just an interesting time too because we're living in a time where there's so many things that have not been around long enough to have research done on them right so like we don't know the long-term effects yet of for example, let's say the birth control pill, or we don't know the long-term effects of being on a keto diet for five years because it, before it was only really popular with, you know, or I should say popular, but used as a therapeutic diet for more of dealing with things like epilepsy. So it's very, it's just really interesting that we don't, you know, there's, there's this whole thing right now. And I've heard this, I heard this actually on the Joe Rogan podcast, which I know he has some great nutritionists on there, which a lot of people don't realize, but this is one of the things they were just talking about because, you know, all of this kind of dogma or like this religion that now has become about diet when in all reality, it should be about how it makes you feel. And like you said at the beginning of this yeah. eating for energy, like 
I have a, I know someone who was a very, um, she was a vegan for years and she was very popular on social media, had a massive following. And for her, her health was deteriorating. Her thyroid, her body did not thrive as being a vegan. So she had to start introducing animal products and she did it very slowly. She also actually ruined part of her gut lining. Now disclaimer as well, whoever's listening, I'm not saying veganism is totally bad. That's not what I'm saying. But for her, she had gotten so attached to this identity that her health was suffering. So, and it was really hard for her to let go of, you know, that like letting go of her moral beliefs with it too. But then the backlash she got was crazy because everyone's like, you know, how could you do this? She's like, but I'm literally like so sick. I can't even get out of bed. Like, yeah. So with this, I would just say, let's just be tolerant of each other. Yeah. You know, we should not be judgmental. What's the, you know, that trendy face, uh, you do you, you know, so let's just go at it that way. But at the end of the day, the people have to put the time and energy to figure out uh, how they can do the, you know, be themselves and be the best version of themselves. And sometimes that the trouble is they don't put the energy and the time in trying to figure that out, either, you know, hiring a coach or, or literally just deciding to uh, do the research and test different things on themselves to see how they're feeling. Yeah. And honestly, that's how I ended up with a lot of, well, like knowing what's right for my body, but I loved the process of it. Like I love the process of like trying different things and seeing how I felt. And I was like, yeah, Yeah, it's funny that you say that because I had a patient who's doing my online coaching course. It's like, Oh, Natalie, there's so much. And I'm like, you know, I said to her, I said, there's, there's no one solution right now. And then just don't yeah. see it as a, as a task, see it as fun. You're, you're trying to figure out your, your, the puzzle of you, the puzzle of you at 40, at 50, at, you know, whatever time in your life that you're at, uh, you know, we see it as fun, but for some people it, it can be overwhelming, but that's why you need your, your wellness team. And that's why you need to hang out with people that are on the same quest as you are. Right. Exactly. Okay. So number five. So I would say we'll close on that is your mindset. And again, I'm just a segue into what I just said two seconds ago is feed your mind with the right things and hang out with the people that, you know, are going to support what you're doing. And I know that's a challenge because this person who I was talking about said she's the only one in her family that's, you know, making those changes. So she's finding it hard, uh, but make sure that you set yourself for success with your own mindset because you understand your why and you know bring along the people that are going to celebrate you being on that quest and hopefully you know you'll lead by example and that's what I told that this person I said you know what there's they're not doing what you're doing but they're watching you you know they're watching to work out and doing this and what she's eating and her smoothies and so forth so and even for people that are listening that have kids you know we might not be able to do all of what we want with them but they're watching you and leading by example is the best thing you can teach the people around you and especially your kids because they mimic everything that you do completely and one thing I always like to say to to my clients and my students is like you were saying because it comes up a lot having family members that are not on board with your new journey 
And I also say during that time, like the, this is one thing about the online space that's great is you can find your tribe online. Mm-hmm. You know, even if you don't have it necessarily in your house right now, find it in the online space where you're, you know, in a free group or in a paid like coaching session. Like I know you've got online programs. We've got online programs at Fitchix Academy. Um, but it makes such a difference. Mm-hmm. And then, like you said, like leading by example, eventually people start to see you and see that change and start to adapt different things, hopefully on their own, but you can't force someone else to make changes. No, you can't, you can't. But you have to make sure that you're taking care of you. And that's, I just find the online space. Now there's so many great Facebook groups, but just make sure it's something that you vibe with. Like I've been in groups before where like the information is great, but it's not my type of people. And then, but you can find it anywhere. Like as just, as long as you search. Yeah, and you can get yourself out of that group, you know, and say, okay, at this point, this was serving me now, it's not serving me. So, you know, you're not criticizing what they're doing, you're just doing something different. And I think, you know, you and I had this bit of a discussion before we got on with social media. Some people are just so critical of others, it's not even funny, because they're hiding behind a keyboard, or they don't even know the person they're criticizing. So I think, you know, I just live and let live do it for you, do it for your own health, do it, do it to be healthy in the long run, not just for weight, because that's, you know, those hacks were geared towards, you know, springing into shape kind of thing, but do it for you. And then, you know, just ignore or try to ignore the negativity out there and just be positive and you'll attract more positive people around you. Oh, completely. And that's, we're going to wrap this up, but that's one, my last thing I'd like to add before I want to ask you a question, um, is that, you know, even when you are online, like don't follow people that don't serve you. I find a lot of people, we get into this vortex of looking online and it becomes, it's natural. It becomes a compare game. And suddenly you're on your weight loss journey, your fat loss journey, and you're, you're getting information or like, maybe inspiration, but from so many different sources who maybe approach it very differently. So I always try to say like, find one person that you relate to and follow their stuff. Like right now, even in my, my business, everything, I, you have to weed out the noise or you can get so overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Overwhelmed and discouraging. And sadly, sometimes people just give up. So, yeah. You know, yeah. Um, okay. So I would love to ask you one question. So before, actually, before I I ask you this question, um, so everything we talked about too, I know we talked about your book before, but I'd love for you just to chat quickly about your book and where people could get it because a lot of these are just scratching the surface of the hacks that you offer in this book that are so easy to implement. I absolutely love this book. Um, so I'd love for you just to share a little bit about that. So yeah, the book is basically the, culmination of of my 23 years in practice hearing um the trials and tribulations people were having trying to lead a healthier lifestyle and i just started writing and then 600 pages later the book uh, came out (laughs) and i did it in a way that i think is easy to digest meaning that you know you can read the chapters almost uh, alone so there's stuff on hormones there's stuff on the gut on the brain on nutrition on exercise quite a bit on mindset so i that's the feedback that i'm getting now that the book's been out that you know it's it, it becomes a reference guide for people and i also wrote it and it's called hack your health habits i wrote it with 
changing our habits in mind. And we started, and you said that at the beginning, and you're right. It's one thing to do something, but if we're not changing the habits, we're, gonna, we're not going to do it. So the book is designed uh, into helping people changing uh, their habits. So the book can be found um, in bookstores in Canada and the U.S. and Amazon.com and .ca, and there's a, a digital version um, as well. Perfect. And we will definitely link to all that too on, um, on our website, on the blog post that will go along with this podcast as well. Because I honestly think it's one of those books that I read a lot of books and there's very few that come along that feel really doable. And that's yeah. what I loved about this book. Like you said, it's, it's digestible, small bite-sized habit changes that are like, literally you just implement one and you see such big differences. So I, I love it and I want everyone to get it. Who's listening? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Laura. <laughs> no, you're, you're always so great. I mean, we kind of met randomly and I just felt connected to you right away because we have the exact same philosophy, but I also love the way that you just share information in a way that's so unintimidating and accessible. And I don't know, I just find that sometimes in our world of being natural health practitioners, sometimes it can become really daunting for people who are like, well, you know, I don't eat hemp seeds and there's this kind of this stigma around it still. And I think it, you make it really approachable and inclusive, which I love. Thank you. Yeah. So, okay. My last question is out of everything we're on the, on the, uh, the whole talk of the spring shape up for weight loss, this could be about that, or it could be about anything, but what would be something that would be your one piece of life advice for women right now? I like to ask this to all my guests because it, it changes, right? Maybe the last time you came on, you said something else. Maybe it's the same thing. I actually, I don't fully remember, but <laughs> I don't remember either, but something came to my mind really quick. Uh, and so I'm going to just share yeah. that. Stand in your own power. Oh, I love it. So, and I, I don't think that it needs to be explained too, too much. So stand in your own power, know what you want, know what your value is, know that you matter and just stand in your own power. Oh, beautiful. I have goosebumps right now. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Dr. Nile, for being on today. I know we covered a lot of stuff. So like I said, I'm going to link to everything on our um on our blog, which will be at fitchacksacademy.com. So links to Dr. Natalie's social media, the book, as well as reiterating these hacks for you guys to, to get the notes for. Um, also, I would just like to remind everybody who's listening that we do have our Holistic Nutrition Weight Loss Expert Program starting May 7th. So you can check out more about those certification programs at fitchacksacademy.com. And Natalie, I cannot wait to have you on again. Awesome. Thank you. It's always a pleasure to chat with you, Laura. Awesome. Thank you. Have a good day, everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Fit Chicks Chat Podcast. Want more healthy love? Visit www.fitchicks.com for amazing resources, free workouts, recipes, tips, and so much more to help you live your healthiest and fiercest life inside and out.